Hey, Phobos, sisters, brothers, and others, I'm Jinx. My voice is still wonky because for some reason it's been two weeks now and I'm still sick. Ugh. Um, no, it's not COVID. I'm okay. It's just some kind of throat thing. I think it's like dry air in Texas or something. I don't know. So Harper could not be here today because, and I quote, I'm, I'm reading this right now. Harper says, I would love to be there for this episode. However, my mattress needs some ass and my pillow needs some head. I am not kidding, that is a text from her. So, yeah, you've got me again. Sorry. Or, you know, yay, whatever. <laughs> So today, I am actually starting another new series. It is a mythology series where we delve deep into mythology. Now, this could be mythological creatures and their backstories. This could be gods, goddesses, deities, uh, pretty much anything. Um, but we're going to start today with the Minotaur. I looked up how to say Minotaur in Greek, and it's Minotavrash. Minatavrush. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah. Today we're going to talk about the Minotaur. Uh, Minatavrush actually translates to Minos's bull. It is in Greek mythology and it is a monster of Crete that had the body of a man and head of a bull. It is the offspring of Pasiphae, the wife of Minos, and a snow-white bull sent to Minos by Poseidon for sacrifice. But Minos decided that instead of sacrificing the bull, he would keep it because it was so pretty. Fucking moron. As a punishment, Poseidon made Pasiphae fall in love with the bull, which I'll explain how that created the Minotaur. Daedalus shut the creature up in the labyrinth that he created for Minos. Andrea, a son of Minos, was later killed by Athenians, so to avenge his son's death, Minos demanded that seven Athenian youths and seven maidens should be sent. It's either every year or every ninth year. I've seen both ways. Um, but yeah, they're, they're sent to be eaten by the Minotaur. At the third sacrifice, Theseus, an Athenian hero, volunteered to go, and with the help of Minos's own daughter, Ariadne, he was able to kill the Minotaur and end the tribute. Theseus and Ariadne escaped together afterwards. That's the base story of the Minotaur. So now we're going to talk about who all were involved and how exactly this Minotaur came to be. We're going to give it a little bit more backstory and some more information. Minos was a legendary ruler of an island named Crete. He was the son of Zeus, king of the gods, and Europa, a Phoenician princess and personification of the continent of Europe. Minos obtained his throne with the aid of Poseidon, god of the sea, earthquakes, and horses, and Knossos, which is the central city of Crete. He gained control over the Aegean islands, colonizing many of them and ridding the sea of pirates. He married Pasiphae, daughter of Helios, who bore him many children, among them being Andreo, Ariadne, Phaedra, and of course, the Minotaur. Kind of. 
The Minotaur's name was Asterion, by the way. Minos warred and won against Athens and Megara to obtain the sacrifices for Andreo's death. In Athenian legend, Minos became the tyrannical extractor of the children to feed the Minotaur. Minos was killed by the daughters of King Cocalus when he followed Daedalus to Sicily. King Cocalus poured boiling water on him as he was taking a bath, and after his death, he became a judge in Hades. Although Athens continued to show him as a tyrannical monster, the general consensus shows Minos as a powerful, just ruler, very closely associated with religion and ritual. Many scholars actually believe that Minos was a royal or dynastic title for the priestly rulers of the Bronze Age, or Minoanosis. Next up, we have Pasiphae. So that was all about Minos. Not... The way that I'm telling this story is a little off. Because I'm mainly, right now, just introducing the characters. But you'll get more... You'll get more details. There's more coming. It sounds a little wonky right now, but I promise it'll all tie together. As an immortal daughter of the sun god Helios, she was a skilled practitioner of witchcraft. As we know, she was cursed to fall in love with the gifted bull. So she enlisted the help of Daedalus, who built her... An animate wooden cow wrapped in bovine skin. She hid inside the contraption and coupled with the bull conceiving the Minotaur. So that's how th that's how Asterion came to be. That's how he came to exist in the world. Apparently she wasn't the only one messing around on the side, and when she learned of Minos' transgressions, she bewitched him to ejaculate poison creatures that would destroy his lovers. My kind of woman. <laughs> Pasiphae, of course, was immune to the curse as she was immortal. Now, I really want to talk about Daedalus because, like, what the actual fuck is going on, man? So Daedalus was a Greek inventor, architect, and sculptor who was said to have built the pragmatic labyrinth for Minos. We know this. There are varying accounts of his parentage. I couldn't find one specific one. It was all just, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this. It was weird. Um... And he was a very jealous person, like, there can only be one type of person. It is said that he murdered his talented nephew slash apprentice, named either Talos or Pyrdix, who is said to have created both the first compass and the first drafting saw in a fit of envy. So he is said to have murdered his nephew and just because just, just he was a jealous bitch. He's also said to have thrown a boy from the Acropolis, or city at the top, for which he was banished from Athens. This is where he heads to Crete. Of course, his creative reputation preceded him, and he was welcomed into Minos's court. This leads to the creation of the cow for Pasiphae. Minos also turned to him, asking him to build a labyrinth from which the Minotaur could not escape. Theseus comes along, Ariadne falls in love with him. She wanted him to live, so she asked Daedalus how to master the secret of the labyrinth. He suggested securing a flaxen thread to the entrance of the labyrinth and to just follow it back out. Because of this, Theseus was able to kill the Minotaur, take Ariadne, and escape. Of course, Minos was pissed, so he shut Daedalus and his son Icarus in the labyrinth. Pasiphae released them, but he was unable to sail away because Minos controlled the ships. So Daedalus fashioned wings of wax and feathers for himself and Icarus and escaped to Sicily. As most of us know, Icarus flew too close to the sun, his wings melted, and he fell into the sea and drowned. 
The island on which his body was washed ashore was later named Ikaria, which is actually kind of cool. Um, we know that Minos followed Daedalus to Sicily, and that's where he met his end. Historic Greeks attributed buildings and statues of which origins were lost to Daedalus, as well as innovations such as representing humans and statues with their feet apart and their eyes open. Because apparently that was a thing. I didn't really look into sculptures because that's not really my cup of tea. A phase of early Greek art, Daedalic sculpture, is named after him. No, no, no wonder, go figure. I'm going to talk about Ariadne now. We know her story up until she left with Theseus. Now, this is where the legend diverges a bit, because she was either abandoned by Theseus, so she betrays her father and saves her lover just to get betrayed and abandoned by this asshole, and ended up hanging herself, or Theseus carried her to Naxos and left her there to die, and then she was rescued by and married the nature god of fruitfulness, vegetation, wine, and ecstasy, Dionysus, or, or, there are three versions of this. Dionysus went to Theseus himself, claimed Ariadne, and told him to leave her on Naxos. There are three different versions of this. So, of course, you know, Theseus, not wanting to go against a god, obliged. Okay? The last one I'm going to talk about is Theseus himself. And guys, you're in for the long haul, because, you know, he's a Grecian hero, so he's got a story. Um, I really didn't want to talk about Theseus, because he kind of seems like Lord Douchington of the Kegel Islands, but I figured, fuck it, I'm already here. According to legend, Theseus, son of Aegis, king of Athens, was born and brought up in a distant land. His mother refused to send him to Athens until he was a young man able to lift a stone under which his father had put a sword and a pair of sandals. Aethra, his mother, begged him to go to Athens by sea because robbers and bandits inhabited the road. But Theseus, being the bold boy he was, went over land. This was the start to many adventures for him. After a few miles on the road, he encountered a large man with a shiny club. He introduced himself as Periphides and told Theseus he was going to use his club to bash in his head. How lovely. Theseus commented on the niceness of the club, to which Periphides replied, It was solid brass. Theseus denied his claim, saying it was just wood wrapped in brass. I'm not even kidding. Periphides hands the club to Theseus, saying, Check it out for yourself. What? Theseus, of fucking course, proceeds to hit him on the side of the head, knocking his ass out. And pleased with himself, he keeps the club and he walks on. Bye, Periphides. <laughs> a little while later, he encounters Skidon, a giant man with a battle axe. Skidon tells Theseus he can't pass until he washes Skidon's feet and threatens to cut off his head if he refuses. So Theseus begins washing his feet and looks down. He sees, you know, off the cliff a little bit, there's a monstrous turtle. Theseus realized that Skidon was the infamous giant that would throw people off a cliff to feed his man-eating turtle. Theseus grabbed one of Skidon's feet and hurled him off the cliff toward his turtle and then moved on. <laughs> it's like, okay, bye. You're dead. 
Next. Later, he found a man who looked a lot like Skidon. The man asked Theseus to help him hold down a tree as he was a pine bender by the name of Sinis. Theseus holds down the pine tree, but Sinis was expecting him to be catapulted by the tree, so he leans closer to see if the tree had been broken somehow. Y'all, I'm not even kidding. This is out of some fucking cartoon. This is probably where cartoons get it. Theseus let go of the tree, hitting Sinis in the jaw and knocking him unconscious. This is some fucking cartoon bullshit. <laughs> this is less, less cartoony. Um, Theseus then tied Sinis's legs to one bent pine tree, his arms to another, and then let go, having the trees rip Sinis in half. Not even kidding. On his way again, Theseus continued on through the night until he came to a house. He decided to ask the owner for a place to sleep, so he knocked on the door. A man answered, welcomed him in, and told him his name was Procrustes. I know that I'm saying some of these in a more Greek way than I am others, and honestly, it's because the American sounds a lot like the Greek. I'm just not saying it with a Greek accent, because if it does sound different, that's when I'm going to really put emphasis in the Greek of it. Other than that, I don't have a Greek accent. I don't know the Greek accent. So I've looked up how to say these. And if it sounds close enough to the American way, I just stick with the American way. If it's completely different, that's when I really go into it. Just so y'all know, because I, I know I sound inconsistent. Also, sorry about the papers, but it's way too late to worry about that anyway. So Procrustes says he has a magic bed that Theseus could sleep on. It was exactly six feet long, but could fit anyone, be they short or tall. Luckily, Theseus had been warned about this man. The bed did fit anyone, but in the most uncomfortable ways. If a person was too short, he would chain their arms and legs and stretch them. <laughs> they put them on a rack. Sorry, anyway. If they were too tall, he would chop off their legs until they fit just right. Procrustes led... Theseus to the room and the bed, but Theseus pushed Procrustes onto the bed and chopped off his legs, because why not? And just so he wouldn't feel any pain, Theseus sliced his head off too. What a nice guy. The next morning he finally arrived in Athens to find his father Aegis had married a sorceress named Mithia and had Aegis under her power. She knew that Theseus would try to get rid of her, so she told Aegis that his son had come to kill him, so she would poison his wine. Aegis, not recognizing Theseus was his son, agreed. He invited Theseus to a banquet, but just as Theseus was about to drink the wine, Aegis recognized him by his sword and threw Theseus's cup to the ground. Father and son reunited in happiness, and Mathia fled in the chariot drawn by dragons, which is kind of fucking cool. I want a chariot drawn by dragons. Theseus lived happily with his father for a while, but when a ship with black sails brought sadness and no answers as to why he, his father was sad, he asked the captain of the ship. He told him about the sacrifices to be made, and as we know, the, the rest is history. We know. On their way back, one night, now this is, again, this is the, um, this is, Theseus's version of why he left um, Ariadne. On their way back, one night Dionysus appeared. 
telling Theseus that he cannot marry Ariadne as he had chosen her for his bride. He was instructed to leave her for Dionysus on Naxos, and Theseus did as he was told. He was so sad he forgot to change the sails on the ship, and as it approached Athens, Aegis saw the sails were black while he was sitting on a cliff. And he jumped to his death because he thought his son had died. Now, their deal was, if Theseus was successful, then he would change the sails to white. But he forgot to do that, so when the black sails came back, Aegis thought that Theseus had died, and so he died. And then Theseus took up the throne. So yeah, that's the story of the Minotaur and then some. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. That was a ride and a half. Um, so thanks for sticking with me. I hope you guys had fun. Uh, if you have any mythological creatures or, you know, anybody you want us to check out, definitely hit us up. Facebook, Sisters of the Macabre Podcast. Instagram, SOTM Podcast One. Gmail, Sisters of the Macabre Podcast. We love you. We miss you. We're really sorry. We're going to go to posting, um, probably about every other week. Um, because life is life. And, um, I'm starting up a business and I'm doing some other things. Harper's got a bunch of things going on. So we will start posting more. We promise. It's just going to take us a bit. So be patient with us. We love you. We'll talk to you later. Bye.